Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 223 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for the wisdom in your word. Help us glean more wisdom today as we read your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we start the book of Luke today. Luke is the author of both this book and the book of Acts and is the longest of the four Gospels. His desire was to give an orderly account of Jesus' life, and this book is considered the most complete account of his life. This is also the book we usually read the Christmas story from, so it's always one of my favorite books to read no matter the time of year. Let's see what Luke chapter 1 has to teach us. We read about Zechariah, who was a descendant of Aaron, and as such served in his position as priest to the people. He was married to a woman named Elizabeth. Verse 6 tells us that Zechariah and Elizabeth walked blamelessly in all the commandments. They had never been able to bear children until now. Zechariah went into the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord to burn incense and was visited by the angel Gabriel, who told him that he and his wife would have a son. Zechariah had trouble believing this because they were so old. But the angel assured him they would and gave him a sign. Maybe a bit of a punishment, but a sign for sure. Zechariah was unable to talk until his son John was born, which was a continual reminder that he had been promised a son and it was going to happen. We read about how John was set aside for the special work of preparing the people for the Messiah, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. Elizabeth kept herself hidden for five months after becoming pregnant. We don't know exactly why, but maybe she wanted to be sure her pregnancy was solid before she showed herself to the people. Meanwhile, the angel Gabriel visited Mary. She was engaged to Joseph, who was a descendant of the house of David. Of course, we know that Jesus would have to be born from David's genealogy. Gabriel called Mary favored and blessed. She was afraid, as I'm sure we would have been. She was told she would be the mother of the Son of God. Verse 37 is a favorite of mine when Gabriel, who constantly stands in the presence of God, says, For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Mary was a willing servant of God. She went to see Elizabeth, and they had a wonderful time together for about three months. We read Mary's profound words as she knows she is blessed even in her lowly state. She did not come from royalty or any high stature, and yet God was sending the Messiah to the world through her. She knows he will save the lowly, just like herself, and she praises God for it. Mary went home, and shortly thereafter, John was born to Elizabeth and Zechariah. Zechariah could now speak, and he spoke powerfully to the people, telling them the Savior was coming. In verses 78 and 79, he said, Because of and through the heart of tender mercy and loving kindness of our God, a light from on high will dawn upon us and visit us to shine upon and give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to direct and guide our feet in a straight line into the way of peace. Jesus came to be the light for us all, even today. Some argue we live in a dark world, but it is not dark when we have the light to lead our way. Let us praise God for his gift of salvation to us. Let's see what Paul has to share with the Corinthian church in chapter 8. Paul starts off talking about love. In verse 3, he writes, But if one loves God truly, with affectionate reverence, prompt obedience, and grateful recognition of his blessing, he is known by God, recognized as worthy of intimacy and love, and he is owned by him. This is an important distinction for Paul to make as he addressed the main point in his letter. He writes about food. 
As we have read in the Old Testament, people served many gods and sacrificed animals to those gods. Paul shares that some believers' consciences are hurt when they eat the meat of those sacrificial animals, while others are not affected at all. He explains the food we eat does not cause us to be accepted or not accepted by God. However, we need to be careful that our actions don't affect anyone else. Paul writes, when you sin against your brethren in this way, wounding and damaging their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. May we always be mindful of those around us and live our lives so that we don't hurt them. Let's see what's happening in Job chapter 17 and 18. Job is as destitute as ever. He feels his friends mock him and knows God could give them understanding, but he doesn't. He feels betrayed in every way. In verse 10, he tells his friends there isn't a wise man among them. And then he turns very dark as he thinks about death and feels he is close to the grave. He ends with his hope resting in death. In chapter 18, Bildad responds to him extremely negatively. He tells Job that he is not thinking or speaking clearly and wonders why Job considers them to be like beasts. And then he goes on monologuing about the wicked and all that befalls them. We will see how Job responds to him tomorrow. We start book two in Psalms, starting with Psalm 42. The first two verses talk about longing for and thirsting for God. And then we read that tears have been the psalmist's food. Then in verse 5 we read, Why are you cast down, O my inner self? And why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him, for I shall yet praise him, my help and my God. This verse is repeated as the last verse of the psalm. I always pay attention when a verse is repeated. The psalmist asks himself why he is sad and then reminds himself to wait on God, knowing that one day he will praise God once again. Even though we go through difficult times, we must remember that God is in control and he will cause us to praise him one day, just as we have praised him in past days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for all you do for us and all you are. Help us praise you where we are today, Father. You are great and greatly to be praised. May our hearts praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.